Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, and many others. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to the show and joining me once again today. It's a great pleasure. Nice sunny morning here, and it's very sunny in the XL Energy Center. Very sunny for the Minnesota Wild as uh, we have swept the Arizona Coyotes Three games to zero. Three games to review, all wins, which is fantastic. The Wild sweep Arizona. For some reason, I previewed Colorado last week, but of course I'll preview again because we got two games with them coming up. And, well, yeah, two games with Colorado, two games with Anaheim. Three games to review, four games to preview. And, of course, catching up with prospects and conversation and such as all the prospects are getting into, like, college playoffs or uh Certainly not playoffs right now for Iowa because that's in the regular season, but, you know, like EuroLeague playoffs and such. So, ready to roll. And, of course, we got the fan interaction segment once again. Thank you always, Derek Felska, for helping rounding up questions on Twitter. Hashtag BTWMN. BTWMN there. And we'll get to an ad here in a little bit. I'm going to kind of keep doing it on the fly for now. The Vigit app. Download the Vigit app. Referral code Paladino Live. Paladino Live. Again, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> Arizona, a 4 to nothing victory for the Minnesota Wild on the 12th of March. Kirill Kaprizov gets his first hat-trick. Might not have felt like the sexiest hat-trick of all time, especially when the... No, I'm just kidding. The third goal was not an empty netter. That was Jonas Brodin. They put the goalie back in and Kaprizov. Just uh, the good news is he's shooting the puck more now. And the better news is just the chemistry with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello just continues to be fantastic. Matt Zuccarello still with more points than games played. He's just been insane for Minnesota over the course of time. And Kapokakinen, Kapokakinen getting a second shutout. I mean, Cam Talbot's been unbelievable as well. What a pleasure. What an absolute freaking pleasure. Talbot with a shutout, Kakinen with a shutout. I mean, Arizona must just hate our guts. Um, Arizona must hate us. You know why? Because, again, the Wild shut them out twice. And we swept them in the three-game series, and the Minnesota Vikings signed Patrick Peterson. 
as well from the Arizona uh, Arizona Coyotes, Arizona Cardinals, pardon me. We'll talk about that on the Purple Mafia podcast in the next week or so, the free agency special podcast, which is coming up, and then continuing to move on with the draft a bit. The official draft preview show won't be until sometime in April. But, uh, yeah, back to hockey, if humanly possible. It's just funny. And I know some of you might think uh, Patrick Peterson's past his prime, and yeah, I'm sure he is, but it is what it is. This was one of those weird games where it felt like a trap game the whole time, and Aiden Hill, <clears throat> he stopped the Wild multiple times last year in trap games, and we got frustrated. As right when you think you're excited about things going forward with the Wild the last couple of years, and then you get the usual frustrating trap game. It seems like this team is just awake. I mean, you're going to lose games. You're, you're going to lose games, but in, uh, it seems to be when the Wild lose games, it's just a team played really well that night. It's not like the Wild kind of kind of like slept, walked through the game and were f- extremely frustrating. In this game, again, it felt like a trap game. It had that vibe, but then Kirill Kaprizov just kind of took over. And the second goal, a lot of people talking about that one, how he just kind of jumped on the ice. Give me the puck, basically. Give me the puck. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Nick Buke's dad kind of flipped it to him. Obviously nothing super fancy or anything. Kropitsov takes the puck, goes around the net, and just kind of waits patiently, patiently, patiently for the right time and the right place from, I guess as Judd Zalgad called it, the middle slot, and just released. And wow, that was absolutely nuts. The first goal kind of bounced off defenseman, but hey, it still counts. It still counts, and it's a good goal and all that, and that's why you shoot the puck. Put the puck on net. It's not like Kaprizov did anything wrong there. It's not really luck. It's, well, it, it is what it is. The defenseman did not properly stop the puck. He redirected it. So that's on Arizona there. Matt Zuccarello, another assist. That was at the first goal of the game. And then Brodeen got the empty netter, and Kaprizov finished it off with yet another kind of a redirect on the shot. Him and Matt Zuccarello, just seeing those two guys side by side in those celebrations when they're waiting for the other players to come over for the full, you know, hug and celebrate and all that. It's it's just, it's an image we're going to see many years down the road. Many, many years. Like at the beginning of Kirill Kaprizov's career, Matt Zuccarello was the veteran player that really, you know, <laughs> that really helped uh, Kirill Kaprizov's goal scoring take off because of that incredible passing skill. And of course, Kirill Kaprizov is helping Matt Zuccarello with his incredible passing skills. But the good news is that Kaprizov is now shooting the puck more. Um, you know, it, it, we're there. We're getting there with Kirill Kaprizov already, where, again, he's he's not worried about stepping on other players' toes, like, oh, this isn't really my team. You know, I should be setting other players up rather than just looking for my shot, looking for my shot. And it gets to the point, go ahead and shoot, Kirill. And, of course, there have been many opportunities. Kirill Kaprizov did set players up really nicely, and it just, just ended up not being a goal. A good stop by the goaltender or whatever the situation was. The shot was blocked or whatever it was. So, obviously, that's filled, That's everywhere in hockey where there are spectacular opportunities that just ended up not finishing. Like Zach Parisi on Sunday, uh, he was pretty good. And actually, Tuesday, he was really good as well. Uh, he's, he's gotten better, but of course, again, he's been significantly better. But generally speaking, uh, Zach Parisi is not the Zach Parisi of old. That's for sure. And again, I would never have really called him a full-on franchise player. Obviously, he had his 93 points with New Jersey. Then he had some kind of an injury, I believe a knee injury. And it seemed like he was never really that stud that he was with New Jersey after that. Uh, those 80 and 90-point seasons disappeared forever for Zach Reeser. I think a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, 80 and 90-point seasons are very much very much in play. I mean, Zuccarillo, I mean, he might be an 80-point player, 70-point player at least. With, you know, obviously his passing skills, and it's showing more and more how 
he really was not healthy last year. That that puck off of his wrist or arm, basically, you know, wrist, arm, whatever the heck, when he tried to block a shot with the Dallas Stars in his debut with the Stars, um, messed him up. It messed him up, and it didn't. It must not have healed properly, something. And I know how a broken bone can hurt for a couple of years after the injury and all that, and it can mess you up and, you know, a, a wrist in, in hockey, you know, being able to direct your stick is just not going to be the same, and that's why Zuccarello last year just was not good. Um, and now we're seeing how good he truly is. Uh, it's a it's a crappy contract and all that, and no move clause, but I think the last thing you want to do is trade away Matt Zuccarello right now with the chemistry he has with Kirill Kaprizov. I mean, why in God's name would you trade away Matt Zuccarello? 13 assists already as of the first game of the week. That's how good Matt Zuccarello has been in a fairly short time here. He wound up with, wow, he's at 19 points, just a single point behind Jordan Greenway, and only six points behind Kirill Kaprizov for the lead on the team. Matt Zuccarello playing at a spectacular pace, about a 90-point pace right now for the Minnesota Wild. 85, 90-point pace, something like that. He's just been just, oh, beautiful. Minnesota Wild ended up winning 4 nothing, and Cam Talbot definitely uh, responding nicely. He's been spectacular at home. Uh, Kapo Kakinen has been spectacular on the road, and generally speaking, he's just been downright outstanding with a nine straight wins for Kapo Kakinen. And you're going to need both goalies if we're going to have a great season and possibly go on a massive playoff run. Um, some teams obviously you ride one goalie in the playoffs, but in a regular season, no matter one way, no matter what, you're going to need you know a, a good solid goaltender to go with your starter, or if it's a platoon, which this is turning into, I got no problem with the platoon idea. Um, you don't want to overplay either goalie. I mean, we've seen it happen too many times. And that's why guys like Manny Fernandez and Drain Wollaston lasted as long as they did because they were a platoon. They were a platoon. They didn't have a situation where the guy was breaking down, this and that. Occasionally, guys get hurt from freak injuries. Not going to Let's pray that doesn't happen. Uh, please, Lord. <laughs> but, uh, you know... <laughs> You know, guys break down, they get tired. I mean, Devin Dubnik obviously broke down. Nicholas Baxter broke down. It was wonderful having Josh Harding, and then, of course, he wound up with um, multiple sclerosis, MS. That was depressing. He could have been the number one goalie for Minnesota. Some people out there thought he was just this sorry backup. Are you kidding? Josh Harding was awesome. When he, when, when he started getting going, he was great. And then, then the MS took over. That was depressing. Um, but the point is... We have two good goaltenders, and that's a fantastic problem to have because it's not a problem. It's a luxury, an absolute luxury for a team. Uh, goaltenders are just, you know, their value is insane. Right now, Kapo Kakinen after this week with getting his second shutout. Goals against average just above two. Save percentage just under 93. <sighs> Cam Talbot after a couple of yucky games from returning from COVID and all that nonsense and injuries. This and that. 2.46 goals against average. He's recovered nicely after a couple of yucky games where he gave up four goals. Save percentage, 91.6. And again, that shutout. Last Thursday, Voices versus the uh, Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes. And yep, I was been saying, Arizona must hate us right now. We took away Patrick Peterson, too, you know, after we swept them. Yeah, you know, yeah, insult to injury, whatever it is. Injury to insult, however you want to call it. We took away, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we took away Patrick Peterson, too. So, nan nan or boo-boo, I guess. No, I mean, at least Arizona has a nice young quarterback with a great future. Or the Vikings, it's debatable how you feel about uh, uh, the old Pizza Ranch guy. Nothing against Pizza Ranch, by the way. I would take them as an as an advertiser in a heartbeat. Phil Kessel would score early against Arizona on Sunday, and again, and there you go. Here's your trap game. We're in trouble now. Here comes the trap. 
The trap has been set, but, well, that would be it. Arizona would never score again. The wild defense would stifle the Arizona Coyotes to only 22 shots on net. Cam Talbot would give up just one goal. What an awesome start to the week from for him. And you're thinking, where's Kapo Kakinen? Well, Talbot got a shot out. What the hell? You know, you, you can do that. You can play a guy a couple games in a row, and it's not going to kill anybody, so, so to speak. Uh, the Wild actually scored a power play in the game, and that was a gorgeous pass by Matt Dumba. It wasn't one of the situations. You always think, oh, yeah, Matt Dumba probably just, you know, put the puck on net. No, it was a beautiful pass where Kevin Fiala just had to basically redirect it into the net. Power play goal. And I just see Dumba on the power play with Brodeen. And those guys should be on the power play. Both of them should be on the power play. Both. Yeah. I mean, they can both get points, and they've been getting them that way. You know, and obviously, and yeah, you're probably thinking points on the power play. What are you talking about, Joey? It's the worst power play in NHL history. Yeah, well, as long as Ryan Suter isn't going to get like most of the minutes on that power play, I'll feel a little bit better and feel there's a chance here. Kevin Fiala, nine goals on the year with the power play goal, and even Victor Rask, what a fun little goal that was in the second period to actually tie the game up. <laughs> that was beautiful. Kirill Kaprizov getting the puck over to Zuccarello, and they're just kind of fighting and battling and battling. Zuccarello ends up getting it just to Rask, and Rask ends up finishing in a situation where he was just kind of, it was a greasy goal right up in front of the uh, Aiden Hill there. Sixth goal of the year. Or actually, this was Ranta, pardon me. I'm getting these guys mixed up with the 31-32 nonsense. This was Ranta. Uh, that was a nice goal for Rask. I mean, it's a greasy goal, and we'll take it any day of the week. But Nino showed a little bit of speed, which is rare on this play. Getting loose and Kevin Fiala setting him up. Fiala with a multi-point game. And even Parisi uh, is getting the puck to Fiala at the beginning there. Those two guys working well together. And the Lions continue to shuffle a bit. But this was a solid group. I don't know what Fiala is doing with Benino and Parisi. That's my one complaint. But, hey, at least he got two points in the game. I don't know. I don't know what Fiala is doing with Benino and Parisi, though. I mean, <laughs> maybe Eck and uh, Greenway. Maybe even <laughs> put him with, uh, maybe even good go crazy and put him with Zuccarello. And, uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I can't, yeah, you can't really mix that group up because who, who, who would play center? Yeah, Zuccarello. No, Zuccarello's a winger. But I don't know if you want to take Zuccarello away from uh, Kaprizov at this point. So, But at least have Fiala with maybe Eck and Greenway, I think, is a better mix than Parisi and Benino. But at least those guys got uh, a, a point at the end of the day. All three of them did. So good for them. Drew Larson would get an empty netter that never actually went in the net because it was technically a what would have been a penalty shot. He was tripped on an empty net opportunity. So penalty shot with no goalie. Well, it's a goal, so they gave it to him, of course. That's the rule. 4-1 to one Minnesota, wild win. Eck matching his, uh, well, you know, he didn't match anything. He got his 11th goal, though, at the end of the day, and good for him. Very nice. Uh, wild are third in the league in goals against, only 64 in the year. 14th in goals four, which feels kind of low. Power play is still dead last, but at least it's at 8% now. It's, it's, it's out of the sevens. It's in the eights. Progress. Penalty kill. Third in the National Hockey League. Third. 86.2. Penalty minutes. Yeah, we're still frustrating with our penalties on occasion. 21st in the league. Of course, the higher penalty minutes, the lower, the crappier the rank, which is 21st. So we're in the bottom third of the National Hockey League at the end of the day. Um, nice 4-1 to win for Minnesota, though. On Sunday, it felt good. It was nice. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it always reeked like, oh boy, here's a trap game, now we're going to lose. And in the past, we might have, when the leadership was different and some of the other quote-unquote young stars were different. When the young stars were Coyle, you know, 
Charlie Coyle, Mikhail Grantland, you know, guys like that. And, of course, Parisi and Suter were the full-on, you know, leaders of the team at the time. You know, guys like that. I, I think the Wild lose a game like this in the past. Uh, nice to see Ryan Hartman back up skating again and playing with the Wild again. Really, really cool to see him out there. Man, I mean, he's, he, uh, I mean, he was great with Parisi. And I forget who he was with at the time. Uh, oh, uh, Felino, that's what messed things up. And now Luke Johnson is the fourth-line center really throwing things out of whack. It's a big crying shame to have uh, Argus Valino hurt during the course of time. Of course, he was hurt uh, in the first game there, the 4 nothing win for Minnesota. Ooh, a puck off, the, puck off the skate, probably a crack in his foot somewhere, and that freaking sucks because his value is insane. Uh, so it doesn't help. That's why the lines are messed up and shuffled and all stuff like that. I mean, Ryan Hartman... What a gorgeous third line it was. Ryan Hartman, Parisi, and Felino. Hopefully, Felino comes back soon from this injury. They're kind of saying at least a couple breaks. We'll see what happens. I mean, he couldn't put any pressure on his foot, so probably a break or a bad bruise. One thing, one thing or another. I mean, an injury is an injury. It's a bummer. It's a doggone bummer. But um, that's how it goes. <laughs> that's that's the name of the game. I mean, I mean, Parisi. How many pucks did he take off skates over the years and miss miss a few games, miss a few weeks, stuff like that? It's like. Damn. 16th of March, Minnesota. Another 3 nothing win. Again, Arizona musters only one goal against Minnesota in three games. That's absolutely nuts. Spectacular goaltending for Minnesota and great, solid, strong defense. Kakanen actually faced a good number of shots in this one. 31, but he stopped them all. Uh, Arizona would have a good number of chances in this game. Aiden Hill was, you know, he was okay. He was okay. Wildwood only muster 26 shots on net. But uh, generally speaking, but Ryan Harmon, again, nice hustle on the play. That was fun. <laughs> I, I was kind of surprised. And the angle on the shot, the angle with the camera and all that, where Greenway was able to, uh, he put the puck on net, and the puck kind of rolled away. Hartman was able to release it and get it on, get it behind Aiden Hill. Pretty cool. Kevin Fiala managed to get the second assist. He got it like that. So it's nice to see Fiala getting some assists because he'd been really... Uh, you know, had not been getting those for quite a while here. So a number of players kind of picking up some points in this one uh, at the end of the day. A number of players that have been starving for points, like Benino, obviously Zuccarello's fifth goal or only, right? But no, that's good, though, considering 16 games and a spectacular number of assists that Zuccarello's mounted during the course of the season. He has just been unbelievable. Carson Soucy also can provide some offense. That's why I was saying Carson Soucy could be on the second power play unit. He can because he's a good passer. He's a good passer, and he's got a nice shot. I mean, just because he's a third-pair defenseman doesn't mean he sucks. And he's been absolutely spectacular with Ian Cole. Uh, Ian Cole is like a... Yep, I mean, I've heard nothing bad about the guy. Uh, what an absolute awesome pickup. Again, it's like you figured, okay, Colorado, you help Colorado, maybe get some cap space, and maybe they could try to go after uh, Flurry, which they were thinking about at the time when the trade took place a couple, couple uh, over a month ago now. And, you know, getting Greg Pattern versus Ian Cole. Cole's cap hits a bit higher. But, my God, what a nice player. Uh, everybody had heard of him. I mean, Ian Cole's a name. You know, Pittsburgh, Colorado, guys like that, you know, places like that. And he's, he's a name. Uh, he's won multiple cups. And he's just been an absolute find for uh, Bill Guerin and the Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild have six defensemen that can play. Uh, and, obviously, Brad Hunt can play, too. <laughs> he can play. He's got a nice shot. But this six is the best six right now for Minnesota. There's just no question about it. Even though Brad Hunt's like the coolest guy ever and everybody loves him, and, and they should. Uh, what a beautiful pass, though. Uh, Carson Soucy just kind of dishing it off to Zuccarello with a nice release. 
You gotta love what took place there. Spurgeon finally got his first goal of the season. It felt like eternity. It felt like absolutely eternity. Uh, there were a couple of instances where I swear Zuccarillo and Kaprizov could have had multiple goals in the game. Luckily, they each wound up with a point, though, on that Zuccarillo goal. But uh, it could have been a multi-point game for both of those guys, obviously, on that line. It could have been fun. But it is what it is. The Wild still managed the three goals, and that's all they needed. <laughs> they only needed one, technically, which is funny. A minute 37 in the game. That <laughs> was a pretty nice feeling there. But uh, great to see Jared Spurgeon, again, just put the puck on net. And that one got passed. It was a beautiful shot. Suter finally getting his ninth assist. He's got zero goals on the year. Benino only his fourth assist. But a nice shot by Jared Spurgeon. Created just wonderful, positive vibes of the Minnesota Wild right now. 18-8-1. We're second place behind the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. It's been, you know... <laughs> It's been a it's been a, a nice month or so of hockey, man. It's been an absolutely beautiful month of hockey. A couple of frustrating games here and there, but generally speaking, it has been some beautiful hockey. Multiple shutouts now for the goalies. Three of them in like two weeks here. It's just you, you just feel like a million bucks watching it. Uh, the Wild are four points officially behind the Vegas Golden Knights and have no games in hand versus the Golden Knights. St. Louis has played a ton. Of, uh, has played two more games than the Wild and are four points behind. Los Angeles, seven points behind the Wild, which are, uh, that's the playoff line right there. The Wild are seven points into the playoffs versus Los Angeles, and of course Arizona was right behind Minnesota, and then boom, boom, boom. You saw what happened there. Massive gap created. Minnesota versus Arizona. Zero points for Arizona, and the Wild got all six. So definitely a tough head-to-head -head matchup for Arizona during the course of time, and San Jose can't buy a win sometimes. I mean, they, they just can't buy a win versus the Vegas Golden Knights if they've been playing each other multiple times. Sharks led 3-1 to one last night, and Vegas came roaring back and wound up winning 5-4. to four. It is what it is. It is what it is. Vegas just knows how to play. There's one team that can frustrate and beat Vegas, and it seems to be the Minnesota Wild right now. We'll see what happens. It's going to be an epic playoff series. It truly is, if that were to take place. Right now, Minnesota versus Colorado would be a first-round series which could be absolutely fantastic. And that's only the, the second uh, second segment we'll talk about the, about the Colorado Avalanche and how they are, well, they're, they're, ever, they're ever dangerous. They've, they've won four games in a row. St. Louis has lost five in a row. St. Louis has lost five in a row. Crazy. Vancouver and Calgary. Wow, that's kind of a mess. Edmonton's kind of been picking it up lately, blah, blah, blah. Man, it's, uh, boy, that, the Central Division is ridiculous. Tampa, 42 points. Florida, 42 points. Carolina, the 41. And then the Blackhawks, fourth place. They'd make the playoffs right now. Even though Jonathan Taves, but Patrick Kane is, what, he's third in the league in scoring, which is usually where he hangs out with the, the top guys. Obviously, Edmonton's got the two best scorers in the league. But, you know, not a whole lot after them, other than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Not a whole lot going on in Edmonton, other than those two super-duper stars. Fun, fun frickin' week. Wild end up sweeping the Arizona Coyotes. It was fun. It, you felt good, and we've created separation, and now the talk is, okay, we'll believe it when we see it when we play Colorado. Well, yeah, let's play Colorado. At least we beat Vegas two times recently. So, we'll see. Yes, let's play Colorado. Let's. Uh, if we get swept, then, well, okay. I mean, I'm not overly confident. I don't think, you know, I don't think we're necessarily a cup contender yet. Though, some of those charts up there have the Wild as the second best team in the NHL to win the Stanley Cup. Second most likely team to win the Cup, which sounds absolutely nuts. I believe the top team was Tampa, I believe, which sounds about right, I guess. I could be wrong here, but, um, well, we'll see what happens. We, we all know how that can go. <laughs> but there is something different about this team. They're playing as a team. 
You don't have that selfish vibe that we had in the past. You don't have that soft vibe that we had in the past. You don't have the woe is me vibe that we had in the past. That seemed to just kind of, it was like a dark cloud over the franchise forever. Uh, literally forever. I mean, even go back, you know, going back to 2004, I would say, that's been a, a, a problem. When Gabrick went from a young rising star to a guy who, I don't know, <laughs> there was something different about him after that. There just was. After the contract dispute, the vibe was never the same with the Minnesota Wild since 2004. And it's been uh, significantly better. And obviously the Breezy Suter, you can go on forever about that. Maybe I'll write an article about it someday. I probably will. I probably will. <laughs> I should almost get started writing it and then have it ready when the time comes. Uh, is it be it years from now. Uh, tell you how I really feel, so to speak. <laughs> I don't hate them at all. I don't hate them at all, but there's uh, just some, it just wasn't all right. And, and that's why Bill Guerin in the offseason said, something is rooted in the culture here, and we need to change it. Hello? I'm not, you know, it's not just being somebody being, it's not just somebody being negative, being an ass. It's, it's, it's general manager Bill Guerin saying it. I'm not just Mr. Negative who's not enjoying this or is enjoying this too much, this or that, one way or another, or who's like, uh, he's bandwagon, uh, bandwagon fan, blah, blah, blah. Why are you dissing on Parisian Suter? They're like the gods of the franchise. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, Bill Guerin didn't know about that either. Just, just listen back. Bill Guerin. You want to call me negative? Call Bill Guerin negative when you talk about Parisi Studer. It is what it is. Uh, I appreciate the hard work by Parisi. He had a nice scoring opportunity, but he didn't score uh, in the most recent game. It, it is what it is. He had a takeaway one-on-one uh, -on -one with Aiden Hill, but unable to finish. So, I don't know. I'm not trying to bash him. I appreciate the hard work. Studer, maybe I'll bash a little bit more sometimes, but he obviously is still a very talented guy. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. There's a there's a vibe with him that isn't always good. There's a, it's just not always good. The uh, Mike McDonald Award winner for this episode, I boy, oh boy, I could go to any of them. Cam Talbot, Kakinen, or Parisi, uh, Parisi, or, or Kaprizov. Kaprizov. Should I just go with the trifecta, the three wins and the three Madonos? I, I don't know. I mean, they were, oh, they were just so good. Cam Talbot's two great games. Kakinen, another shutout. Great game by Kakinen. He had some good scoring chances come his way, too. I mean, literally, one goal given up in three games? How do you not give it to the goalies? How do you not give it to Kaprizov with the vibe he brings to this team? And what a spectacular game he had uh, with, the, with the hat trick. I'm going to have them all share it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have the first ever triple uh, Mike Madonna award. It's going to go to all three of those guys. James Shepard Memorial. <sighs> you know, I, I didn't really feel negative about anybody necessarily. Just you know, frustrations with the injuries, the bad luck off the the bad luck off the skate, stuff like that. Maybe the the puck off the skate, that type of thing. Super sad, super frustrating to see uh, Felino's injury take place. He's been having an unbelievable season. Hopefully, he can come back soon and and pick up right where he left off, just like Ryan Hartman did. Love what Ryan Hartman brings. He's been just great. He's going to be expensive in the off season. I got a feeling. We'll we'll see what happens there at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we got four games to preview, but only two teams get into the uh, prospects. Uh, also, to wrap up that segment, and of course, Fan Interaction, segment number three.
And we are back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, we're going to preview some games and get to the prospects. But first, we want to hear from Vigit. Vigit, it's an application out there. I'm doing this on the fly right now because I still haven't created an ad. Just kind of been, uh, you know, it's been a busy schedule, this and that. And in, in some ways, it's better just to kind of do it on the fly, it seems like. Uh, at the end of the day, it just seems to feel better. But uh, Vigit, it's a sports application for sports betting, but not with real money, though. It's basically a competition to compete against your friends compete against your friends, and I'd like to kind of create some kind of a community with the Brave Wild, Purple Mafia, Timberwolves Explosion Group, this and that. Uh, you bet games with play money, basically. It's play money. You get 2,500 uh, chips, so to speak, and there's also a way to bet free coins and win real prizes. It's pretty damn cool. And now with March Madness coming up, you got the same thing going on there with uh, picking the games with March Madness, going all the way, a bracket, this and that, but or just individual games here and there, competing against your friends or trying to win, again, we're, uh, real prizes, this and that. It's a lot of fun, actually. It truly is. I uh, really appreciate Matt and David for contacting me on this one. The Vigit Sports Betting app, again, not with real money. Very important. you got to know that. It looks kind of like it looks kind of like a Bitcoin look, but yeah, it's got a nice V with a Bitcoin look, of course. Again, it's not, again, I'll say for the 50th time, not real money, but it's a lot of fun to keep up with things. And of course, it's not about encouraging gambling, this and that. Um, this is, But uh, definitely jump on board. When it asks for a referral, type in Paladino Live. Paladino Live, just like you'll see, and I'll even put it in the show description. The Vigit Sports app. <laughs> Bet free coins, win real prizes. So again, let's get to <laughs> let's get to the previews, if humanly possible. Thought I had it up, and of course I don't. So again, Colorado Avalanche. Oh boy. Well, I think we have a good idea on the Colorado Avalanche. You know, the the biggest threat in the Colorado Avalanche right now is uh, it's Greg Pattern. No, eight games. He's a minus two. Okay, there. That's the end of that conversation. Eric Johnson's played in four games. <laughs> All these defensemen that have been. Dan, Dan Renouf. I thought it was Dion Phaneuf for a minute there. Okay, well, that's interesting. And Kale McCarr has missed a ton of games, which is unfortunate for them. I don't think that's helped their cause. I can't imagine Kale McCarr being out has helped their cause. They play tonight and Saturday night. Saturday night. March 18th, March 20th. Colorado Avalanche. McCarr must be healthy now because he's not on the injured list. He was last time that we played. Uh, no kill McCarr, so it's going to be interesting. Kill McCarr back out there. Talk about another guy. When you're talking about Parisi, or I keep calling him Parisi now. Wow. Kaprizov and his incredible skating ability, what he does out there without the puck, with the puck. It is just insane. And then you get Kill McCarr, who is about as good a skater as I've ever seen. Uh, he could skate around anybody. It's crazy. So it's going to be cool to see those two guys on the ice at the same time. Philip Grubauer is an ever tough, ever outstanding goaltender. There's no question about it. It's been a bit of a back and forth. Could make for an awesome playoff series between these two teams. Uh, it's, a, it's a tied series. And we had a postponed game and it's rescheduled this and that. I'm not sure if this is the one. Possibly. I think we already played the rescheduled one and that was a 6-2 victory for Minnesota over Mr. Miska there. A 5-1 victory for Colorado early in the year. 4-3 win for Minnesota. 2-1 win for Colorado. Ugh, frustrating. And then a 6-2 demolition derby most recently. And it doesn't show the dates, which is annoying. So I apologize for that. Four games remain between these two clubs. So it might end up being a 4-4 four four tie for all we know. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a series, I think, between these two teams. Both clubs have been great. Uh, Wild have won five games in a row. Colorado has won four games in a row. Funny what happens when Kale McCarr comes back 
8-4 Demolition Derby. They destroyed Anaheim on the 16th most recently, did Colorado. 2-1 uh, over Arizona. 2-2-0 two, two, versus the Los Angeles Kings. 4-1 victory over the Los Angeles Kings. And then again, the 8-4 Demolition Derby. Destruction Derby against the Anaheim Mighty Clucks. Um, <clears throat> the matchups, of course, power play. 20, uh, uh, 31st versus 13th in Colorado's case, 23%. That's pretty good. Number two power play in the league, penalty kill in the league, pardon me, and against the number three penalty kill in the league. Wow, about 1% difference there. Penalty minutes, Colorado's been much more disciplined. Again, that's really good. Colorado and Minnesota tied with goals against and tied with goals for. Wow, we're evenly matched with the Colorado Avalanche. That's kind of funny in some ways. Obviously, their power play much better and their penalty kill slightly better. Second in the league. Colorado has a makings to be a cup contender, and there's no question about that. But it's nice that we're kind of toe-to-toe -to -toe with them, at least at this moment. And we'll see who's standing after this little two-game ditty here coming up. It's going to be interesting, as an old friend used to say. It really is. It, it really is. Miko Ratanen is the leading scorer. He's been the healthiest guy all season. 14 goals on the season, 30 points. Wow, what an awesome season for Miko Ratanen. Nathan McKinnon's been racking up the assists. He's the top guy in that category. He's missed four games during the course of the season. McKinnon always misses a couple games. And so does Landis Cog. Landis Cog not having the spectacular season he was last year, but still very strong. And Brandon Saad, very solid. With 18 points, 10 of them goals. The former Blackhawk reject. No, I'm kidding. No, he's, he's been good with Colorado, definitely. And he was okay with uh, Chicago and all that. Philip Grubauer, though, 1.85 goals against average. Four freaking shutouts on the year. Hopefully Hunter Miska suits up for one of these two. Hopefully. Because uh, he's given up over four goals a game. <laughs> in the games that Colorado's lost, it's been Hunter Miska in a lot of ways. It's funny, though. Gosh, he's been pulled so many times. That's too bad. I feel bad for him. We'll see if this uh, Grubauer situation can come back to bite Colorado. It did last year when he got injured. That was unfortunate. Um, he's a great goalie, though, man. He, he really is. Hard to believe he was a backup, but I guess they all were at the beginning. But he was a backup for a while there in Washington. Great, great signing by Colorado about a year and a half ago. Uh, no, two, two, two years ago now. Two and a half years ago after the Cup Championship for Washington. Four shutouts. He's awesome. He's truly awesome. And you could kill him a car out there. That's why the power play is good. And the penalty kill, too because Kale McCarr is probably the best player on the Colorado Avalanche, as great as McKinnon truly is. 14 points in 15 games for Kale McCarr. <clears throat> He's just been sick. Seven power play assists. The only guy ahead of him is Samuel Girard. How about that? Samuel Girard. <laughs> He's another center, second-line center for Colorado with eight power play assists. Been great. Great uh, great job for, for him. What's going to happen in these two games? Hmm. I'm kind of thinking split. I mean, it, when you look at Colorado, it's going to be 1-1. It's going to be 1-1. Oh, boy. Maybe we lose the first game. Maybe we do. I got a feeling maybe hopefully Grubauer isn't in both games, but uh, they're probably going to want it. Luckily, we'll have a good goal again regardless uh, if we go back to back or, you know, have, have uh, switched the two goalies up in these two games, and we probably will, depending, especially depending on what happens in the first game. But I got a feeling it's going to be like a four to three loss, five to three empty net, something like that, or three to two, three to two, something like that, four to two empty net loss. Minnesota versus Colorado, on uh, uh, tonight, most likely going to score for the Minnesota Wild is going to be Kevin Fiala. Got a feeling he's going to. I have a feeling he's on the verge of going on a tear here, but uh, 
I guess it depends on what line he's on, too, at times. It's been frustrating, but he's he's definitely been a positive the past few games here. He's, he's, even though the numbers haven't been spectacular for Fiala this year, you know, you've, you've seen evidence that he's absolutely on. He's absolutely on, just hasn't had the, the puck luck, so to speak. Uh, and, of course, the, the lines have been kind of weird and such. I'd hate to see his star fade because it's, it's all on Kirill Kaprizov, but maybe that's a way that uh, Kevin Fiala could kind of kind of creep up on people if everyone's only focusing on Kirill Kaprizov all the time. So that's the one thing. But Kevin Fiala will score, but the Wild will not win. I'm not going to say which goalie, but uh, okay, I'm going to say on Saturday night, Capo Kakinen wins his 10th goal, or wins his 10th straight game and ties Devin Dubnik for the uh, for 10, 10 wins in a row as a goaltender. Minnesota wins that one 4-1. to one. Minnesota wins 4-1. to one. Either be it Hunter Miska or the Wild just get to Grubauer one way or another. Maybe 2-1. to one. It's going to be low scoring. 2-1 to one win for Minnesota. Kakinen over Grubauer. Mano Imano. Kakinen versus Grubauer. Victory for Minnesota. Most likely got to score will be Kirill Kaprizov. He's going to have one of those spectacular moments when nobody's getting past Grubauer. Kirill Kaprizov breaks the ice, so to speak, and the Wild end up winning 2-1 to one versus the Colorado Avalanche. Now we get to play the Anaheim Ducks. Jonathan Gibson and all that good stuff. Oh, boy. Hey, it's They certainly haven't been winning games, but Jonathan Gibson has had some good games against Minnesota this year. At least he did early on. Now his goals against average has really p- picked up despite three shutouts. One of them was against Minnesota and a one-goal game against Minnesota as well. They, they just stink in front of him, unfortunately. They're not scoring goals, and they're giving up goals. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk has been getting the points, but, man... I don't know. Uh, Tampa Bay must have just moved on from him. Eight goals against most recently versus the Lanch. But then they... Nope. They recently beat the LA Kings. That's their most recent win. Four, four, five, five games ago. They've lost four in a row since. Six to five win. Wow. Anaheim scored six goals in a game. But after that, not a whole lot. Five to one loss to Los Angeles. Six to nothing loss to the San Jose Sharks. I'm thinking that's Dubnik. He must have gotten a shutout in there. Good for him. <laughs> Three to one loss to the San Jose Sharks, <clears throat> back to back. Wow, nine to one in just two games there, and then eight to four demolition versus Colorado before uh, St. Patty's Day. <clears throat> Ricard Raquel. A lot of people again compared him in the past to compared Jules Eriksson Ek to him, uh, and well, Jules Eriksson Ek scored more goals than Ricard Raquel so far. <laughs> and Ryan Getzloff, man, he's just uh, like a dead man walking at this point. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad to see. Jacob Silverberg is just okay. You know, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess in Anaheim. Like, nobody's scoring. Max Comtois has a Comtois, whatever you say it, nine goals on the season. Adam Henrique second on the team with only seven goals. Boy, and there were times you thought the Wild can't score. Well, this team can't score. They're 29th in goals for it. 29th in goals against. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Power play is 30th. Not a whole lot going. Penalty kill, 22nd. Penalty minutes, 14. So, okay, at least they don't get a ton of penalty minutes. And that's about it. <clears throat> Multiple dead men walking on this team. Multiple. Multiple dead men walking on this club. David Backus, 10 games, 2 goals. David Backus is still alive. He's on ta- he's on Anaheim. Ryan Getzloff, it's just, yeah, I mean, oof. I mean, there, there were the good days, but that was a long-ass time ago, man. Long time ago. It's sad to watch. It's sad to see. I'm not a fan of the Anaheim Ducks, so I don't, I don't personally feel too bad. The Wild need to win both of these games. We need to go 3-1. and one. It's one thing if you lose to Colorado, which is possible, very possible that we split with Colorado, but we need to win both of these games, regardless who's in net. 
first game. I do think Kevin Fiala is going to have a really good week. I got a feeling he might end up being like a Mike Padano award winner. In one of these games, Kevin Fiala is going to have multiple goals. One of these games, he's going to have multiple goals. Um, Drew Larchenek is going to get a goal in one of these as well. <sighs> Should help the Wild win. But those are the most likely guys to score. We'll say the first game, Kevin Fiala again. Multiple goal game. Second game, uh, Jewel Erickson Eck. I think the Wild get the job done, though. Something along the likes of 5-2, to 4-1, to one, stuff like that. 3-1, to one, maybe a lower scoring game. But the Wild end up winning the game. Maybe it's an empty netter. 3-1, to one, maybe you have a frustrating kind of lower scoring game. But generally speaking, I think the Wild should just take care of business versus this club and sweep the Anaheim Ducks in this series. If we can sweep Arizona, who's actually not a bad team, we got to sweep Anaheim. you got to. Don't let the trap uh, come in. Then we play the St. Louis Blues. So we'll talk about them for the first time next week on Thursday. And then San Jose again. We'll play the San Jose Sharks again for the first time in a little while. Donato and Dubnik, who could not get it done versus Vegas last night, despite playing very well. Man, Dubnik was very good, but and then it just kind of caught up with him. It is what it is. It truly is what it is. With that, let's jump in and talk about the prospects. And, as always, we'll start with my favorite guy, Brennan Menel, of course. Again, loved writing the article about him a couple months back now. The mysteries and wonders of Brennan Menel. Well, in uh, five games so far for the uh, for Minsk Dynamo, I think they're out. Yeah, I, I think they're out in the playoffs. He had seven points in five games, though. Six assists. <sighs> Outstanding performance again. In the, and this is the KHL. This is Major League Hockey over in Russia. It is real hockey here, folks. And... The guy can play. Uh, he would dominate in the AHL at this point. The KHL is better than the AHL. There's just no reason why this guy shouldn't be on the verge of NHL hockey. It's just a gosh darn shame that he didn't get any points in the five games he played uh, last season for Minnesota. Hope he can come back. And obviously, the, there's not an opening at the moment. That's just the, that's just a fact. Unfortunately, you got Ian Cole and uh, Mister Susie playing well. Of course, you got Dumba and Brodeen. And, well, Suter, Suter and Spurgeon, you can say what you want. The lack of production from those two has been a bit alarming, but Spurgeon finally scored a goal. That's really nice. It has been a little weird, though. It's It's been a little on the weird side that he hasn't been able to score. It's kind of sad. Alexei, uh, <laughs> I call him Alexei, Alexander Hovanov. How's he doing? Hovi, Kovi, Hovi, Kovi. Still only 20 years of age. VHL, he also, yeah, just five-game playoffs, so he's out as well. Just got the one assist there. KHL, they must have lost four games to one or something. VHL, that is Hovey's situation, so he's waiting to uh, move on to his next season one way or another. Sign him with Minnesota. We need a center. We need a center. Come on, Hovey. No, (laughs) he didn't play well in the KHL. I don't know if he'd play well in the NHL. (sighs) Of course, obviously, the KHL is a, you know, it's a proven league. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. So the fact that Mendel is playing well is actually quite exciting, to say the least. To say the least. Uh, Guskov, Matt V. Guskov, fifth round pick in 2019. Whew. Boy, that's a cool. That's a cool uniform. I love it. Actually, really love, really love the uniform there. Uh, MHL playoffs, only four games, but had three assists. So it is what it is. There, four games, three assists for him. Again, he had 10 points in the 14 games in the MHL. He only got in two KHL games and one VHL game. Did not register a point. Bummer. Bugger, as they might say, or bugger, as they might say in Australia and New Zealand, possibly. <laughs> Dalton Meadow. Hmm. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, man. It is what it is. Matthew Boldy, guys like that. Let's look at Iowa. If humanly possible. I'm almost... 
I'm almost tempted to go with the, uh, I was almost tempted to go into the college ranks. Let's go with Iowa first. I think it's safe. Brandon DeHaim still just four games. Man, it's frustrating. He must be banged up. He had a solid year last year. A lot of people saw him as a possible NHLer. Iowa, again, they haven't been playing a whole lot of games, and when they do, it hasn't been that good. It, it is what it is. It's just not a good year for Iowa, and Louis Belpedio's hurt, and he's actually collecting an NHL salary right now. It's a grievance thing because the injury supposedly happened. I guess it happened while he was with Minnesota. It's frustrating. I don't know. Louis Belpedio, yep. So that was a grievance with the, uh, the from the Players uh, Association. This and that, Adam Beckman has moved on to juniors. This and that. Gabriel Dumont, again, 12 points in 12 games. Kalen Addison, 8 points in 9 games. He's had multiple 3 assist performances. Connor DeWeer continues to be very solid. Mason Shaw in limited action. He's been kind of in, he's been out. He's been in, he's been out. This and that. It's just, you know, he's been recovering forever, kind of back and forth. I can only imagine. But he's super productive when he plays. And he's he's, he's kind of one of the higher penalty minute guys as well, which is kind of funny. <clears throat> I guess he's playing some kind of a role, the poor guy. But when he's good, he's good. I love Mason Shaw when he's uh, when he's on. Uh, Hunter Jones, I mean, he's getting the goals against average down, but he's still snake bit, unfortunately. Still still getting the losses. He's got five losses now. But again, got the goals against average down, which is nice. Kind of reasonable performances, giving up three or four goals versus uh, a lot more. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> Derek Maribo has not been playing either. They've just been kind of giving Hunter Jones an opportunity, I guess. He's leading the team in games played. Iowa's just not been so good, unfortunately. It's it's a crying shame. But sometimes <laughs> circumstances leave you hanging like that, dangling, dangling, twisting in the wind. Ryan O'Rourke, 11 games, only one assist so far. Not sure he's ready for the AHL necessarily, even though he's definitely held his own, but offensively has not showed up. And it's just kind of a mess of a team. Will Biden, Will Biden, uh, Bitten, Will Bitten, four assists, and that's it so far for him. Four points for... Dmitry Sokolov in 12 games, only three goals on the season. It's just been a collective meh, collective yuck in Iowa. Outside of Kalen Edison and Connor DeWare, it's not been a good time. Uh, not been a good time in Iowa. It's been a struggle. Again, obviously, it's been a mess, but it's a mess for everybody, though. I mean, everybody's going through the same restrictions, the same taxi squad situation. Uh, but the AHL is just not happy right now. I can't imagine they're feeling good about this whole situation. They're probably pissed off and depressed right now, but and so are the players down there. I mean, it sucks, man. <laughs> it sucks. I'm not uh, definitely not laughing at anything right now. I'm not making fun of any of them. Nice to see Hunter Jones, though. At least getting the getting the goals against average down. It, it, it's like putting a pitcher back out there, and he puts a couple zeros up, so to speak, in, in in the innings. Ends up giving up two or three runs, four runs. It's a lot better than eleven, you know, or, or nine, or, or eight, or six, or something. Again, not trying to be an ass. I promise. I'm not trying to be an ass. It's just that's the, the numbers were high. You know, and it, I know it wasn't all his fault. Some of the crap in front of him wasn't working out. It just wasn't. It sucks. Feel for him, and I feel for others. Simon Johansson. Simon Johansson, Johansson, Johansson. Oh, man. Well, he's, he's on loan for Mora IK. 12 points in the 14 games he's been out there. Very solid in the SHL. Yeah, he had only four points. That's old news. But now 12 points in 14 games, 11 assists. Very productive in the uh, hockey. All, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll leave that as a hockey all Svenskan. Hockey all Svenskan. Not bad. That's kind of cool, actually. I kind of like that sound. You know, like Sven and Oli and all that. You know, and you used to order the Sven, the nice big prime rib at, uh, at uh, Timber Lodge. I miss that so much. Oh. 
son of a bitch. You know, like nothing stays, does it? Everything good goes away, and mediocrity rules the world. You know, it's just frustrating. I miss Timber Lodge. I miss Timber Lodge a lot, actually. Uh, SHL, Mr. Our Good Friend, Philip Johansson, 11 points there in the SHL. Good for him, Swedish Hockey League, I'm sure. Six goals, five assists, six goals. That's not bad in 44 games and 12 penalty minutes at the end of the day. No postseason showing up. But at least he's doing something, and good for him. Seriously, though, I'm not I'm saying that in all seriousness. It's nice to see some production. <sighs> Look at Adam Beckman. What's going on with him? Has he started playing? No, he has not. So still nothing going on in the juniors. I don't understand all of that, but I suppose it's probably that COVID uh, crap. It is what it is, you know. You gotta wait. You gotta wait for this. Wait for that. Nick Sweeney, and of course the Gopher hockey team won the uh, Big Ten championship uh, just a couple of days ago. That felt freaking awesome. Got to see that big, beautiful, gorgeous cup, and the Gophers holding it. We beat Wisconsin. Yes, that is awesome. I'm sure. Uh, I don't think Brandon Quast was happy. I believe he's a Wisconsinite, so I'm, he might not be happy. But I'm glad the Gophers were able to get the job done at the end of the day, and now the NCAA tournament. We'll see who we're playing moving forward. And yes, we, we. I'm not Minnesota Duluth. I'm not Maver- I'm not the Mankato Mavericks. I'm sure it's bleep not North Dakota, and I'm not St. Cloud. I'm not even Bemidji State. I am a golden gopher, damn it, through and through. Uh, Nick Sweeney, that's the end of his collegiate career as a regular season. In the regular season, we'll see how they fare in the NCAA tournament where they post and all that. Uh, where they're posted 27 points for Nick Sweeney in only 27 games. Obviously, wonderful, wonderful collegiate career. And we'll see him in Iowa very soon, I gotta think. Got to, gotta think so. Bryce Misley. Yeah, most of these are uh, unofficial. Oh, yeah, and Bryce Misley in the tryout. Yeah, very cool. He's, he's now in the tryout the, uh, with the, uh, the AHL. So he will suit up for the Iowa Wild. Bryce Misley, good good luck to him, and God bless. Hopefully it works out, Bryce. I, I truly truly mean that. That would be great to see. Uh, Lodnia, obviously, he's the same thing. You know, he's just never, I don't know, man. Lodnia's a frustration. It'd be nice to see something happen. Sam Henches, already his junior year with St. Cloud State. I'll see how they fare in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, they've had a promising season. 16 points in 25 games for him. Damien Giroux, yep, again, he, you know, and Pudrias, they've been in Iowa, and it's not been anything super special. Unfortunately, Jack McBain, well, they're going to be a big factor in the NCAA tournament. Maybe we'll be uh, facing off against them in the Frozen Four as we head forward, or before that. Who knows what the whole thing is going to turn out, but i got to think the Gophers are going to be a number one seed, and Boston College should be way up there as well. 19 points for Jack McBain in the 23 games he played for that club. Obviously, wonderful season for him. Philip Philly Lindbergh, Nice season, obviously, as well. Only 11 games, 1.59 goals against average. 6, 1, and 4 on the year. Save percentage just under 94%, who might be the future backup for Kapokakan, or future platoon for Kapokakan. We'll have two Finnish goalies. I can I, I can envision that someday. I can see it. Philip Lindbergh and Kapokakan are your goaltenders for your Minnesota Wild. Yep. I don't know. I, I just, I'm just picturing it. Nikita Nesterenko, again, also Boston College, 19 points. In 23 games, eight goals for him. Oh man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to keep up with these guys moving forward. It truly is. <clears throat> Marshall Waller in Boston College, 11 points, 22 games. Again, productive, productive season. Awesome. We'll see how he fares moving forward. Left shot, and that could become a position of need, depending on what happens in Seattle and Carson Stucey and Ian Cole or what the heck happens. Already talked about Guskov, Beckman Jones, 
First off, it's Connecticut. He finally played about two weeks ago. Finally back healthy. We'll see what happens there. I'm not sure Connecticut's in the in the tournament, though. 12 points in 13 games. Crying shame. He missed a number of games out there. Very productive guy. Matthew Boldy, one of the top prospects in the system. 30 points in only 21 games. Wow. He's a, yeah, he is a stud prospect for Minnesota. 30 points in only 21 games. 10 of them goals. Plus 14 on the year, and we'll see you in the tournament, Mr. Matt Boldy. Stay healthy now. Stay healthy, please. Please stay healthy. I'm on my knees begging. Obviously, we had uh, Marco Rossi with the heart situation, this and that. Who's uh, off with the shoulder? Ugh, it is what it is. It freaking sucks, but what are you going to do? Who's Nadinov again really hoping for that shoulder to come back, and he doesn't have a, any type of a, a curse hanging over him? But, uh, Mr. Uh, Secret, though, Mr. Rossi, yep, boy, oh, boy, yep, Mr. Rossi, he did play, I swear, he played in one game for the Lions, look like, and had a goal. That's kind of interesting. He's on loan there. Interesting situation, Marco Rossi, though, continuing to heal, uh, letting that heart muscle heal. He said she feels great. Who's not, do you know, but I don't even know why I'm clicking on him. Obviously, he had a shoulder injury, and he's out for months. Obviously, captain material, cool guy. Imagine him paired with, uh, Kirill Kaprizov for Kevin Fiala moving forward at some point. It would be beautiful. Oh, it just died on me. That sucks. <laughs> yep, that's convenient. I thought I just charged the damn thing, but the mouse just died on me. That's wonderful. Oh, well, at least we're getting to the end of this segment anyway. Damon Hunt and Pavel Novak, you know, we're just kind of... <laughs> Hoping for the best with them. Uh, yeah, three, three, uh, three points for. Uh, this thing is freezing on me. I apologize. <laughs> three points for Hunt so far in the WHL. That's what I thought. So why isn't Beckman in the WHL? I'm kind of confused. He's the captain for that club. Really cool for Moose Jaw is Damon Hunt. He's been actually pretty solid for them. Three points in the three games. WHL. They are playing. So what's going on with Beckman? I don't know. Must have held on to him in Iowa too long or something. Hope he didn't get hurt. Pavel Novak in the Czech League. Obviously has tons of uh, tons of potential as well. No postseason. He had six points in the Czech Republic under 20. And that's like the, the international one. And the World Junior, yeah, that's different. So six points, generally speaking, in the uh, International Junior League for the Czech Republic. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. We'll see what happens with him. And now he's supposedly going to WHL. Huh. See what happens with that. And he's also been on loan in the Czech leagues and such. Four points in the Czech two. That type of situation for him. So, yeah, that should wrap up the prospects. But definitely exciting. Matthew Boldy's the most exciting, to say the least. Uh, what an amazing season. 30 points for him. And we'll see what happens. We'll see if the Gophers play Boston College in the NCAA tournament. Could happen. With that said, we'll take a break and get to fan interaction right after this. We are 
we're back on segment number three. Time to get to fan interaction. Time to hear from you guys out there, which I love doing. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, and to get in touch with the show to kind of keep things organized, hashtag BTWMN, BTWMN, hashtag, of course. Jay Bushy will lead things off. GM Bill Guerin will have an interesting offseason trying to sign contract extensions with Kaprizov and Fiala. How long and how long and how much for each? Ooh boy. Well, Kaprizov, I gotta think it's a, could be a seven year. I, I, I don't think it's gonna be a uh I, I kept thinking there was gonna be a bridge deal or something like that. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like there's gonna be a bridge deal. It's gonna be like seven years and quite a bit. Up to people are talking like eight million a year. So it's uh Pretty big bucks there, eh? <laughs> uh, Fiala could be like 7-ish, 7.5. I mean, he's... Or maybe it's going to be a situation where you sign them both for just a huge chunk of cash. But um, we're talking, yeah, I mean, eight years per. So it could be like $56 million for Kaprizov. Like $8 million, seven years. So it's, it's, it's going to be something along those lines. I think so. Uh, about 56, 50, 50 some million for him, and a similar deal for Fiala, maybe slightly less, like 7.5 or something. It's going to be something, uh, maybe 7 million a year for Fiala. Maybe he'll be like 5. I think Fiala's going to be my like 5, 5 for 7, something like that. It'll still be a, a, a big chunk of change, maybe not as much. We'll see, though. If anything, he might demand more. Or he'll go for like the shorter three-year deal to try to get the really big bucks after that, in Fiala's case. Um, they're both about the same age, so it's going to be real interesting. Fiala's will be shorter. I don't think it's going to be seven years each, but maybe it will be, just to, just for, uh, just to keep things fair, and they'll both get about $8 million. It could be something along those lines, but I'm just imagining Fiala will be shorter term with a little less, just to kind of, you know, and let, let him really make the big bucks in the next one depending on his play and such, but uh, kind of depends on how the rest of the season goes, I suppose, with uh, Fiala. But clearly, he's he's a franchise-caliber winger. Uh, thank you very much, Jay, for for that. Love, love the question. Now I'm digging and digging and digging, just like always. And is this a current one, or is this? I believe this is a current one. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, this is current. Um I would hope. Uh, do you think Matt Boldy will be signed after this season? After his season ends, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that's a strong possibility. Uh, he's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those elite prospects. He probably won't stay for a junior year. So yes, I'll say yes. Now that I'm thinking, at first I was like, uh, I could see him staying. And now he's a first round pick. Um, if he was a fourth round pick or something like that, he might stick around another year. But he already is way above a point a game now. I think Boldy does sign at the end of the season. Yeah, I I would say yes um, because of that reason. I, I think he's mastered college. You know, after a yucky start in his freshman year, you know, playing in the bottom six, and he just was kind of struggling. And then at the end of the year, he was like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's the guy the Wild drafted. And then this entire calendar year, pretty much, it's been like, okay, Matt, you're really good. Um, uh he might be used as a chip in a trade, which we might end up being very disappointed about seeing him go, depending on who we get back. I don't think Bill Guerin's going to shoot from the hip and make a stupid trade and overspend for somebody. Uh, if he does spend a lot, it'll be on somebody fantastic at the end of the day. Uh, hopefully, Boldy will suit up for the Minnesota Wild, though, very soon. At least Iowa, maybe for a couple games, see how see how things go. But who knows? Maybe Boldy will be an, uh, an, a fascinating addition into the postseason. 
because obviously the NHL season is going to be a bit longer than it's been in the past, uh, a bit later, later, not longer, but later than it's been in the past. Derek Felska says, former Minnesota Wild Curtis Gabriel. Well, yeah, I remember him, the guy who got in a big fight with Ryan Reeves, yep, and was like all excited about it. <laughs> and Ryan Reeves is just laughing at him. Uh, Curtis Gabriel apparently told retired NHLer John Scott he thinks he's one of the best enforcers in the league. Is that true? And does it really matter anymore this day and age in the NHL? Not so much. I mean, it's nice, but it's, you know, it kind of is what it is. That is interesting. Yeah, he's on the Sharks now. He's been kind of, yeah, he's been bouncing around. He played, what, 22 games with the Devils a couple of years back. Yeah, but again, he got in that fight with, uh, he got in that fight with Reeves and was all happy with himself. We'll see. Um, I, I don't think it really does matter because, yeah, you look at what's happening with him. If he's the best enforcer in the league, and if it meant so much, he'd be playing in a lot more games. So, yeah, I, I don't think it means a whole lot. No. Good good call there. Uh, good call there, <laughs> Derek. Absolutely. Curtis Gabriel. That is kind of funny, though. Yeah, he's a little bit happy with himself, isn't he? <laughs> Ty Sandstrom. Welcome back, Ty. Welcome back. Why aren't the Wild just throwing out their na uh, their natural lines on the power play instead of a designated power play unit? They have been so good at scoring five and five. Maybe th that's a keep it simple approach. They could they could look at taking. That's not a bad that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea because um it's if it's been working like Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Why wouldn't you want them on the power play? I mean, who's more likely to generate offense than Zuccarello and Kaprizov? Who who nobody right? So really good call there actually. Um, I'd have Zuccarillo on the power play with Kaprizov uh, on the top power play unit. Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. But then, of course, uh, not Studer or uh, Spurgeon anymore. Those two guys shouldn't be on any power play unit right now. Penalty kill, go ahead. Uh, power play unit should be Dumba and Bourdain and or, you know, uh, even Susie on the second power play unit, I think, can, can, can handle it. I think he can. But uh, Dumba Bourdain should be your defenseman on the power play. Absolutely. I, I think they're great together. And I think they can generate offense. They're, they've been doing better than Spurgeon and Suter offensively. Uh, and, of course, again, like like we would be saying, uh, Zuccarello and Kaprizov. I don't know if you'd want Rask on the power play. That's the one thing where maybe you'd mess around. Rask on the power play. But, hey, if, if it works, it works. Otherwise, uh, Drew Larsenek maybe could center that power play. Something like that. Until there's a better option. But uh, nice call. Nice call, Ty. Uh, here we go. Derek says, yeah, Buffalo's Ralph Kruger. Krager, pardon me, was the latest coaching casualty. Might as well be Kruger. Freddy Kruger, right? <laughs> oh, God. The latest coaching casualty when he was fired. When he was fired on Wednesday morning. What can be done to fix the Buffalo Sabres? Will Jack Eichel still be on the team next year? Is he a player that would fit in with the Minnesota Wild? He would fit in, but he'd be extremely expensive. It sounds like they just they want like the, the farm for him. And Yeah, he would he would fit in. I have a feeling he's going to be on his way out. There's a strong possibility there, unless Buffalo's just like, no. I mean, we got to build around this guy if we're ever going to get out of this uh, funk. It certainly hasn't been. It certainly hasn't been working. I feel bad for guys like uh, Eric Stahl, but Eric Stahl, he was too slow. Like last year, he was a top line center the last couple of years by default. He would get points because of who he was playing on a line with, like a Fiala. He was good with Fiala. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, Fiala was the reason he was getting his assists and all that, and occasionally some points, too, because Fiala would, like, bring defenders away, uh, keep the defense on it, so to speak. Um, boy, I don't know. This is <sighs> Jack Eichel on the wild? That would be great. It would be absolutely great, but, yeah, I mean, that's probably bye-bye, Boldy. 
or Rossi or both. Dumba would, you know, what would uh, what would uh, would they want Dumba included in it? It kind of is what it is. It wouldn't kill me to trade away Dumba, especially when you have high hopes that Caleb Addison is doing is doing very well in the AHL level right out of the gate. There was just no waiting. He's he's ready. Like he's ready to be a professional player, uh, at least at the AHL level, if not NHL level. In Kalen Addison's case, um, so again, trading away Dumba won't kill me. It'll free up a spot for Kalen Addison or Brendan Mendel, who both need to get in the NHL. Uh, I think they're both NHL ready, especially uh, Brendan Mendel. Absolutely, has got to be. I mean, he's been in the minor league forever, uh, major minor league. It's it's time for him to get in the NHL. I think Brendan Mendel. Time for his crack. And if it's not in Minnesota, it is what it is. Someone would have to get traded, though. And that's the tough part. Or he'd have to play in an offside. Maybe he gets, you know, like uh, Susie gets lost to Seattle. And that would not be the happiest day of our lives here if uh, Susie gets lost to Seattle. The only good news is, again, you got tons of defensemen, but some people might have to play on the offside. It's it's a, It'd be a complicated situation bringing, bringing in Jack Eichel. It depends on just how much you have to give up. But yes, he would fit. Yes, he would fit. He would be great to have. It's just the expense. That's my uh, fear. Um, what can be done to fix the Sabres? Boy, I mean, they need they need a Bill Guerin type of general manager. Honestly, they need somebody who can come in there and say it's not working and we need to change it, <laughs> literally, and does and does the right thing. They need somebody like that to uh, fix the Sabres. At the end of the day, it's been a mess for a long time. I love, love their uniforms. Classic, beautiful uniforms. And I still remember some of the wonderful players they've had over the years, like the LaFontaines and such over the years. But um, uh, it's, it's been a crying shame how disappointing they've been. Derek was saying, get the got your question on the on your mind and all that. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, uh, helping me out there with that, Derek. Always appreciate it. Crease and Assist, by the way. Crease and Assist is his article on the Sports Daily. Crease and Assist, Minnesota Wild post-game, pre-game conversations. His wife, Teresa Ferries, as well conversations. Good writers, both of them really good writers. Uh, they do a great job. Um, absolutely awesome. Awesome job uh, writing about the wild stories or, of course, uh, beat beat writing, this and that, you know, because obviously game by game is beat writing. It's awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, Derek continues, says, whoops, sorry. Despite the team's winning ways, the team's power play is about as exciting as a plain rice cake. What can be done to fix it? What combinations would you try if you were Dean Evison? I think I'd go with uh, what Ty Sandstrom said there uh, a bit earlier. Try to go with some of the natural lines. Of course, you know, you you you'd have to change the center because I don't think Rask is power play material. But, you, you know, Zuccarello and Kaprizov together, I think, is, is a, that's a must. Uh, it's an absolute must having them together. But maybe even Rask. Uh, I'd even try, as crazy as it sounds, with how effective he's been, Ryan Hartman on the second power play unit as the center. Maybe even Ryan Hartman is uh, centering Kaprizov and uh, Zuccarello. It, it, it can be done. Something like that. Ryan Harmon centering Zuccarov and, and uh, Zuccarov. Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Something along those lines. It's Something's got to work, and I think that can. Uh, Ryan Harmon's been quite a find for Minnesota at the center position, which a lot of us were not expecting. So, as weird as that might sound, I do appreciate Tom Hayen. Thank you so much for sharing and all that, uh, sharing the show. Really appreciate you, Tom. Really appreciate you sharing the show. I hope to hear from you again when when you have time. Uh, Derek Felska continuing saying about, yep, getting people's attention to uh, jump on the show. Justin Bakke, welcome back from the Sound the Foghorn podcast. Pardon me, he's a big prospect guy. I think there's some more conversation coming up too in a bit. He says, what do you make of the Parisi situation? 
he becomes a healthy scratch. Another game he doesn't play the, the last half the last half of the third period, and last night he plays just shy of only eleven minutes. I I, I make of as what Judge Zolgad would say. He's kind of cooked. He's kind of cooked. He he can't keep up anymore. And that was kind of the talk the last couple of years even uh, that he's just kind of slow, and he's he's just slow now. Unfortunately, he's had so many injuries. He's been so banged up. He had the back problem, this and that. I mean, who knows if that's starting to bother him again. And when he got healthy, he was better and all that. He was good, but he was still he still looked like a middle six player when he was at his best, even uh, after his back got better and he was scoring all those goals about two years ago now. It was fun to see, but clearly he was, he was the kind of guy, you know, he'll score, but he's like a second, third line kind of guy. He's not a top guy uh, in, in any way anymore, unfortunately. That's kind of my take on that, unfortunately. I do believe there's a few more interactions here. Oh, there's the Teresa Ferry's preview. Yep, pretty cool. I just, uh, MN Soda 24 in her case for uh, Twitter. Give that a follow. Uh, and Derek is at Crease and Assist. Just like Cease and Desist. Yep. <laughs> pretty cool. Um, yep, Parisi situation. Here we go. Jay Bushy. Nope, I read that one. Ralph Kruger, Jay Bushy, Matt Boldy. I swear there was something. There was a couple more uh, Justin Bakke ones in here. I don't know where they went. And I know there was an interaction with someone else, too. Uh, here we go. Yep, Black Space Gaming says, <laughs> How to score versus Dubnik? Shoot over his shoulders. I was saying, I don't miss Dubnik because he's just, you know, been frustrating. You know, he was frustrating the last couple of years he was here. Isha from the Soda Pod. Obviously, great show as well. They had Judd Zolgat on. Dang, that's pretty cool. Um... He was responding to me about something. I yeah, Obviously, I said something about Dubnik. I want to get the whole thing here if I can. I was saying, I don't miss Devin Dubnik at all. Just saying, Isha, again, the host, the, the alpha dog of the soda pod from Vancouver Island, British Columbia, says he is playing great in San Jose. Glad to see him bounce back. Not his fault. The team is subpar. His performance versus Vegas was outstanding. Yeah, and it was good again last night as well. Um He's been good. It's just, there's something about Dubnik that bothered me, in, in case uh, Isha's listening. Something about uh, Dubnik bothered me the last couple of years. It seemed like he was throwing teammates under the bus at times after games, and every time anything went wrong, he'd make a big scene. I, I don't know. There's something about him that bothered me the last couple of years. Obviously, he, he had fantastic skill, and we had some great runs with him, and those 10 games in a row were fantastic and all that. Um, and uh, Black Space Gaming was saying Orc Backstrom, <laughs> just a uh, Black Space Gaming take. Yep, yep. He was. He doesn't miss Backstrom either. Nicholas Backstrom. I don't know. I mean, he had too many, too many faults. There was just you know he had too many weaknesses. Backstrom, especially in the shootout, it was like he could not stop a shootout shot for his life. It was ridiculous. Uh, it was ridiculous. Luckily, the Wild haven't been in too many shootouts. In fact, I don't think we've gotten to any shootouts this year. I don't think we have. We just lost in overtime and won in overtime this year. That's kind of funny. I don't think we've gotten to the shootout. Well, keep scoring in overtime and pray we don't get scored on in overtime. Shootouts can be quite frustrating. Oh. And Derek also was saying, yep, there it is. For your information, Bryce Misley was signed by the Iowa Wild on an amateur tryout contract. Yep, so Bryce Misley is on the Wild. <laughs> and this was funny. Yep, Tom Haynes shared one where yep, Bruce Boudreaux was going off on the uh, Yep, I love that. Ray's like, don't just say you want it. Go out and effing want it. <laughs> and he said the whole word, of course. But you don't look like you want it. You look like you're feeling sorry for yourselves. And nobody wants a bunch of guys who feel sorry for themselves. 
We're only down by one bleeping shot. Surely we can get through this. I agree. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and obviously there was much more to that, and actually real F-words, not bleeping. But with that said, I'll now shut my mouth uh, about that and wrap the show up here with the contact details and such. And also, if you could, write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts, Audible, which is possible, or Stitcher. Those of you that have, thank you so much, and God bless you. I appreciate it a million percent. Uh, really, really, really appreciate it, those of you that have done that. Otherwise, uh, if you could, that'd be greatly appreciated if you would. Somebody else that hasn't yet. Uh, also, again, you can get on the show via audio submission if you'd like. Simply use the free voice recording application on any device on the planet, smart device on the planet. Open it, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and then share it or email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then I will convert it into an mp3 file thanks to zumzar.com. And I'll have it. On, I'll lead it off the fan interaction segment. You'll you'll be right on the air with me, which would be freaking awesome. Keep it to about five minutes or so, unless the Wild win the Stanley Cup. Maybe you could go on and on and on, but <laughs> hopefully keep it somewhat reasonable, <laughs> even in that case. Uh, major shout outs to Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation. Thank you so much, Minnesota Wild Global. You got Scott Cavendish, Chance Caustic, David Caustic, Chad Walski, Kathy Maine. Michael Fick, awesome, awesome, awesome people. Uh, David Abraham, just awesome people out there. And, of course, uh, Patrick Turner of Minnesota Wild Nation, along with some of the others I just mentioned. Uh, they're also on that page as well. Really, really great page. Great conversations. Thank you so much for allowing me to share Brave the Wild, links to Brave the Wild, at least, on those pages. Can't thank you guys enough. Scott Cavendish and Patrick Turner allowing that to take place. You guys are awesome. Uh, of course, MNW Prospects, MNW Prospects, Pavel Bonnet, Merrick Skyba, if he still does it, but it's mostly uh, Pavel Bonnet, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, myself, Chad Walski helps out a bit. Um, again, the junior leagues have been invisible, so my days covering Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and British Columbia Hockey League are on hold for now until those things come back to life. Of course, uh, the other guys, uh, Pavel Bonnet from the Czech Republic. He keeps up with the Euro Leagues. Just does an awesome job. What a great job on Twitter and all that. And I'll share all that in the uh, contact details like I always do. Um, that's the Twitter account for MNW Prospects. Justin Bakke keeps up with the AHL. and call, Justin Bakke and Brandon Quast. I forget which one does what. I think Brandon Quast does the AHL. And Justin Bakke keeps up with college. But also they kind of share duties with that. The college the players and the, and the AHL and all that, and ECHL, not there's a whole lot going on with the ECHL right now, unfortunately, um, hasn't been too exciting. The, the minor league system's not been pretty for Minnesota lately, but it could get real exciting with some of these great college players coming in. We'll see what happens, and maybe some Euros as well. With that, though, thank you always. God bless you guys, and boy, hope hopefully the Wild can continue their winning ways, and keep this going into the postseason, rather than just have a little hot month or so, and then here come the playoffs, And but I just don't sense this team is going to be like quitting on itself like it has in the past in the playoffs, where it's just like, all of a sudden, here come the playoffs, and then we can't score, and this and that. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I got a different vibe with this club now, and it feels freaking awesome. Keep it up. That's all I got to say about that. With that, have a great week, and we'll talk to you about Colorado and Anaheim next week. 